The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Kelly Hill knows that when we eat well, we live well. When we live well, we have rich, vibrant lives. By focusing our eating on properly prepared, nutrient-dense whole foods, Kelly Hill teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be. Now here's your host, Kelly Hill. Welcome to Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. As the name of the show implies, eating well is critical for living well. We can create optimal health and we can create disease, depending on what we put in our mouths. But how is it that this becomes such a complicated issue? Well, nutrition is so much more than simple calories in, calories out, and eat good foods. Heck, if it was that simple, I wouldn't have a job. In fact, although the science of nutrition is actually a very young field comparative to many other sciences, There is an emerging new science within the field of nutrition called epigenetics that's changing how people look at foods. Epigenetics is the science behind how the foods we eat switch genes on or off that can lead to either wellness or illness. The science itself has been called a new paradigm and the medicine of the future. One of the leading authors on the topic is Gray Graham, who's joining us today to help us identify the foods that launch our genes on a path toward illness or wellness. Gray has been an international consultant and teacher in the field of clinical nutrition for almost 20 years. Gray received his Bachelor of Arts with an emphasis on nutrition and natural health from Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington. He he was an adjunct professor at the South Puget Sound Community College, where he has originally developed and taught the Nutritional Therapist Training Program. During his career, he's taught numerous seminars on nutritional therapy to practitioners, physicians, and healthcare people worldwide. In 2001, he founded the Nutritional Therapy Association, NTA, and NTA has certified more than 2,000 nutritional therapy practitioners throughout the United States. Yes, I'm one of those NTPs, and that is one of my alma maters, NTA. Gray is the lead author of Pottinger's Prophecy, How Food Resets Genes for Wellness or Illness. Thank you for joining us today, Gray. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so exciting, and this is an emerging field, but I have to start with, was my definition of the science of epigenetics accurate? I think it was, I think it's, I think that's very, very good. You know, um, it's not only food, but, you know, other lifestyle uh, choices uh, impact our epigenetics, but clearly, you know, in terms of diet in America right now, the the most profound effect on the expression of our genes is really what what we're eating. So how, how, if I'm a, a complete lay person, how would you explain epigenetics? Is there like an analogy or something that we can better understand? Uh, the, it's kind of a complicated idea. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that complicated, but I think what takes uh, people a little getting used to is that we thought about our genes in a very different way for a long time, both individually and scientifically. So the, basically what science believed until just 
you know, a dozen years ago, really, was that, you know, we were born with a set of genes, and those genes would determine, for the most part, our outcome. And so a lot of times you hear people go, well, yes, I'm diabetic, but it's because my mother was diabetic and my grandmother was diabetic, and so I just have diabetic genes, you know, so they, people kind of use it a little bit for a scapegoat. And what we know now is that, so, so the difference with what we know now is that genes are genetic aren't immutable. So we do inherit a fixed set of genes, but it's really the expression of those genes, whether the genes are turned off or turned on, that really determines how we manifest, what what the outcome is. So, So we have a lot of power that we didn't recognize before to change our genes for the better or for the worse. So when we eat healthy foods and we exercise properly and we avoid chemicals, you know, we basically turn on good genes and we turn off bad genes. But if we, if we, if we um, you know, expose ourselves to chemicals and we eat bad foods, you know, particularly like hydrogenated oils and or, or have uh, imbalance in our fats and we overconsume, you know, uh, fast-acting carbohydrates, that actually turns on the bad genes. So what, what science now understands is that, that the epigenetic effect is at least 50, but maybe as much as 100 times greater than the genetic effect. So, so right now, I'd say it, scientists disagree about this, about how much of our um, health is really uh, genetically determined and how much is epigenetically determined. There certainly are some true genetic diseases, but they're only a couple of percent, maybe as little as 2%, certainly no more than 10%, is really determined by the genes that we got. The other 90 to 98% is really determined by, you know, how, how we live. So, so one way to think about it, that analogy, is that, um, you know, our genes are kind of like a blueprint. You know, so you can have a blueprint for a really wonderful building, but if you have bad materials, you know, if you have poor quality cement and, and, and uh, uh, instead of using, you know, good bricks, you use mud and, you know, if the, if the electrical wiring is faulty, the building is going to be dysfunctional. So, so, so that's really like the, 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 the epigenetics are really like the materials that the building is built with, whereas the genes are kind of the absolute blueprint. So you can have great blueprints and still have a really bad building. You can have a really good building depending on, you know, how you build it. How it's expressed. This is this is kind of almost a radical change from what we've we've learned through history. I guess, even though, like I said, it's yeah. a, it is a young science still. What made you interested in this this type of science? This change in the way we're looking at things. Well, I, before I even knew the word epigenetics, what, what the, the most profound things that happened to me in terms of changing my belief system in health and food. Were, were, were uh, two early nutritionists, uh, Dr. Weston Price and Dr. Francis Pottinger. And Dr. Pottinger really, in, in my book, was the father of modern epigenetics, although he's not credited for that. He did a really famous study with cats. And, um, and, that, and that, when I read that study, and then I went out and looked at people, I really got it that what was happening was the th- same thing that happened in Dr. Pottinger's study. So what uh, Dr. Pottinger did is he took uh, four groups of cats, and then he fed them different foods, um, 
really varying degrees of processed food. He did the he did the experiment in a lot of ways. I don't want to oversimplify Dr. Pottinger's work, but the most famous study is he took one group of cats, he gave them a base of, of raw meat and cod liver oil, and then he gave one group of cats raw milk, which kind of this analogy represents um, unprocessed food, and then another group pasteurized milk, another group he gave them condensed milk, which is what, what, what I hope you're audience here is that each of these different milks is more processed. The last group got milk that was condensed and sweetened. And uh, then what he did is he compared the health of the cats. And it's no big surprise that the cats that were fed the raw food, unprocessed food, were healthier than the cats that had the varying degrees of processed food. But what was really profound and very, very important about his study was that when he kept the diet constant, each generation of cats got sicker than the generation before it. So, 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 you know, for example, in the first generation, you know, they, their, their fur wasn't as healthy and, you know, they, they had more propensity towards becoming ill and stuff like that. But that was magnified in the next generation and in the next generation. So by the third generation, the cats that were fed even just pasteurized milk instead of raw milk, you know, they had, they had a number of problems in, including, you know, skeletal deformities, their faces narrowed. Now, what, I, want, I want everybody to think about when I'm talking about these cats, I want you to think about today, about people today. So they had these, they had, the cats had narrow faces, their teeth in the, in the raw uh, um, food cats were always straight. They had these broad, you know, facial structures that accommodated them. But in, in the subsequent generations, their teeth were all crooked. They didn't, they didn't develop skeletal structures structure that would accommodate their teeth. So I see any kids running around with braces today, it's almost universal. And then they also had socialization problems. Dr. Pottinger observed that the cats fed the processed foods were either reclusive or aggressive. And so when you look, look today at all these horrible tragedies in our schools, Almost always, when they define the kids that do do these horrible things, that Columbine and and this more uh, recent um, um, tragedy, you know, in New England with the with the children, you know, the per- perpetrators almost always described as reclusive, and then they turn horribly aggressive. So Pottinger saw this in the in the cats, and and um, so so uh, another kind of profound change he found was that they became sexually dysfunctional and eventually unable to reproduce. So they either lost interest in sex or they had sexual activity, but they, but they failed to conceive, or they, if they did conceive, the, the kittens were either aborted or born stillborn. So, and so look again today at our, at our world, you know, something like 17% of married couples can no longer conceive children without medical intervention. This is a very basic kind of uh, function of, of uh, our species, the ability to be able to reproduce, and we're losing it just like the cats did. So, so he observed all these things, and when I, after I read the book, and you know, in my at that time, um, new career in nutrition, I, I looked at the children. I remembered, you know, when I was a child, and then I, actually my previous career, I was working with schools, so I was constantly in schools. And even before I got interested in the topic of epigenetics or nutrition, I noticed that the children didn't look like the kids looked when I was in school. There was more obesity. There was more uh, dental malformations. There was more, you know, they had worse 
skin, you know, every, again, everything that, that uh, Pottinger found. So <clears throat> way, even way when I first read Pottinger's book, you know, I, I said, you know, this is happening to us. You know, this is happening to our children. And um, so, so I, uh, that was when I came upon this idea that I would write a book about, it, uh, about, ep- about epigenetics, which I didn't even know the term yet. It's a good thing I didn't try and write it then because there was very little science to prove it. So um, I'm sorry, I'm probably rambling on a little bit, Kelly, but I want to talk no, about... No, that's the, okay. Okay, the end of um, Pottinger's experiment, after the third generation, the, the cats that were fed the processed food weren't able to reproduce... So what he did is he changed the diet. He gave them all back, again, the, 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 the control diet of uh, raw meat, raw milk, and cod liver oil. And sure enough, those cats were able to start reproducing. They were able to have appropriate sexual function, conceive, and bear live offspring. But the offspring weren't as healthy as the control cats. But, but, but he took those cats and he gave them raw food. And, and after four generations of being back on the proper diet, the, the genetics changed back to the perfection of the raw food cat. So it's kind of a, in some ways, it's a little, it can be kind of depressing and seem almost hopeless if you, once you get this idea of how messed up, you know, our children are and, you know, to a degree we are, depending on which, which kind of generation of Pottinger's people we are. But the good news is that we can reverse it. You know, you may not be able to reverse it completely, but over in a few generations, if we start feeding our children right, if we start eating right ourselves, particularly before we have children, you know, we can, we can regain our health. But uh, we gotta, we got to we got to start. <laughs> Fortunately, people like you out there and, and, uh, and all the other NTPs, nutritional therapy practitioners, the message is really is starting to perceive the common culture, and people really are. Some people are starting to, you know, gain an awareness of how important this subject really is. So we really can have an impact on gene expression from one generation to the next, and we will come back and talk about how we can, we can improve our health this way. We've been discussing the science of epigenetics, how the foods we eat switch our genes on or off, with Greg Graham, lead author of Pottinger's Prophecy, How Food Resets Genes for Wellness or Illness. You can get more information at pottingersprophecy.com. You can also learn more about nutritional therapy, which teaches the importance of properly prepared whole foods that are delicious, nourish our bodies, and restore good health at nutritionaltherapy.com. Feel free to connect with me on Twitter or Facebook at The Right Plan or email me at eatwelltolivewell at The Right Plan. Don't forget that you can catch this show at your convenience. That means you can listen while you're at the gym, driving around, before bed, anytime by downloading the free MP3 from iTunes or listening on my website, therightnutritionplan.com, where you can also become a member and receive similar nutrition coaching through weekly cooking videos, recipes, articles, forums, as well as Q&A support. We'll be right back to continue this discussion about the emerging science of epigenetics and how to reset your genes for optimal health. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Want energy all day? Ready to lose fat without feeling deprived? Tired of complicated weight loss programs? Wish there was a way to lose weight without processed and unnatural food? 
It's time to jumpstart your metabolism in a healthy way, the Kelly Hill way. This easy-to-follow two-week fat loss program has a 100% success rate to date. It creates and maintains overall health while reducing fat. You'll have more energy, think clearer, feel better, and have lost fat. All while following the two-week menu plan of simple recipes that use real, natural food and include healthy tips for every meal. The two-week fat loss program is a clear, easy-to-follow plan that will help anyone get back on the road to optimal health. Order the Right Plan Nutritional Counseling two-week fat loss program today at therightnutritionplan.com book. Better than an apple a day? An online membership to The Right Plan. With an on-the-go lifestyle, it can be hard to make our nutrition a priority. Kelly Hill was there. That's why The Right Plan Nutrition online membership was formed. Over the years, Kelly's worked on solutions that can make health and nutrition decisions easier, saving time and money. Find hundreds of fun, fast, exciting, healthy recipes for the family that everyone will love. A new recipe with video tutorial each month so you fully understand how to make what are sure to become your family's favorite foods. Great research on biased articles on nutrition, encouragement through the success stories of others, weekly support emails to help you continue reaching your goals, and so much more. Membership has its benefits. And with the Right Play Nutrition Online membership, the benefit is more time to spend with a healthier you and healthier family. Become a member today at therightnutritionplan.com slash membership. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and right plan. Rightnutritionplan.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. If you have a question for Kelly, you can email her at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Now let's get back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. Today we've been talking about the science of epigenetics, how the foods we eat switch our genes on or off, and how you can lead either to wellness or illness by what you're choosing to eat. This is all help. Uh, we're all learning this with the help of Greg Graham, lead author of Pottinger's Prophecy, How Food Resets Genes for Wellness or Illness. Find more information at pottingersprophecy.com. So what we've learned so far is that one of the key concepts of epigenetics, at least as I'm understanding it, is that our genes don't necessarily determine our health destiny, but rather our environment, including diet and lifestyle, can modify that gene. So this is, this is kind of radical. Can you explain more of this? Sure. So, so well, un- unfortunately, uh, Dr. Pottinger's work, when he did it in the, in the 30s and 40s, was rejected by science because, because up until that time, our understanding of gen- genetics was that, was that it was fixed, that once we got our genes, that was it, and, and uh, we, we, we just had to live with it. So, so it was a, a, a quite a bit later, actually just um, um, about uh, 10 years ago, Another very interesting study was done in a town called Overkalix, Sweden, by two scientists, a British um, a geneticist and a Swedish um, epidemiologist, and they, they found some records from a very remote Swedish town called Overkalix that was in the very far north part of Sweden where they actually had kept meticulous records of their, their crops, the, their uh, food supply, and their and, uh, at the same time, the health of the uh, population there over several generations. 
And so what they what they found because this town was so isolated, they they only in the wintertime had their own resources. So when when the crops failed, you know they they, they mostly grew uh, grains like. Um, uh, and potatoes were their were their main uh, crops. If you can kind of imagine, it's a very uh, uh, up, up around the Arctic Circle. But they also uh, raised uh, farm animals and pigs, and they caught a lot of fish. You know, the uh, abundance of salmon. So when they looked at the years when the crops failed, and then they looked at the health of the of the people over several generations, they found out something kind of amazing. They 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 found out that there's a time in the life of of a child when they're just pre pre puberty, it's called the slow growth period, which for for girls is between eight and eleven, and for boys is between nine and twelve. And the abundance or lack of food during that time had a, not only an effect on their development, but but a profound effect on the health of their children and their grandchildren. And so the you know the the the, the big lesson was that you know an overabundance of food actually led to a decreased lifespan uh two and three generations later and it was passed through the uh the uh a, a, a sex gene so so a grandfather who was between 9 and 12 during the uh, time of crop failure their in girls between the ages of 8 and 11 their their, their grandsons for the men and the uh, for the boys and granddaughters, for the girls at that time, had significantly longer lifespans than when they had abundant uh, crops. Now, I, I think we can overthink this. In fact, I had disagreements with my with my authors wh- whether it was strictly a, cal- a caloric thing. But from my from my perspective and my observation as a nutritionist, what I see is one of the major problems in America is the overconsumption of fast acting carbohydrates. So. So here's the, what begs the question is, you know, what, was it the fact that they didn't have potatoes and grains that so improved their health? So if, they, if, if you raise pigs and you fish for salmon and the crops fail, the potato and the grain crops fail, what were those children eating that led to this profound improvement in health during, during these crop failures? Well, they were eating salmon, you know, which is very rich and important um, polyunsaturates, and they were eating pork, you know, so if you, if, you don't, if you don't have potatoes or grains to feed the pigs, you know, then the very obvious thing is that you're going to slaughter the pigs and you're going to be eating more pork and less potato pancakes. So, so um, I, I don't think we can draw definitive conclusions, but I, I do think that, you know, based on what we know now about diet, that one of the major mistakes that we're making dietarily is we're feeding our children way too many fast-acting carbohydrates and not enough high-quality proteins and fats. And uh, if you look, I was in a seminar yesterday in a restaurant, and there was a, there was a big soccer tournament going on, and there was all these children, and I was looking at the breakfasts that they were feeding them, and they were, they were, they were all these young athletes were getting waffles with imitation syrup slathered all over them and drinking big old glasses of pasteurized processed orange juice and you know things like that i'm going my gosh you know so if if that's not going to you know sustain them you know in good health and it's also going to impact dramatically the health of their children and their grandchildren so so 
It's a scary thing. If you're just joining us today on Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill, we're discussing the emerging science of epigenetics with Gray Graham, lead author of Pottinger's Prophecy, How Food Resets Genes for Wellness or Illness, and founder of the Nutritional Therapy Association. Find more information at pottingersprophecy.com or nutritionaltherapy.com. If you missed any part of the show, download the free MP3 from iTunes or listen on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. Also, don't forget to enter this month's free giveaway from Living Nuts, a six-pack sampler of their soaked, organic, raw, fabulously flavorful nuts. Definitely a food to activate health genes. Enter at therightnutritionplan.com. Just click on the giveaway link on the right-hand side under Quick Links. So, Gray, one of, in your book, you discuss the epigenetic link between metabolic syndrome and its components, such as central obesity, insulin resistance, elevated glucose, uh, and lipids and high blood pressure is so that's that's what you're talking about with this overconsumption of fast acting carbs. Yeah, I sure am. You know, I mean, uh, uh, people can have a propensity for metabolic syndrome and diabetes, but if they eat the proper diet, it will never manifest. You know, so nobody has to get type two diabetes because of their genes. They get type two diabetes because of their they might have a. a genes that have a propensity towards that, and then they eat the standard American diet and consume, you know, soda pops and uh, too many uh, uh, refined grains and, you know, and way too much uh, sugar, and then that uh, switches those genes that are, have a propensity uh, towards, um, towards diabetes, towards metabolic syndrome, and it also takes other genes that, uh, that were um, uh, program for health, and it switches them in a way that uh, manifests, um, you know, metabolic syndrome. So they, they switch both ways. It switches good, bad diet switches good genes off and bad genes on. <laughs> so, so it's well, a and double- I think one one of the areas we we I think all heard this is around cancer and how we've really begun to hear that you know, there are foods to protect people against mm-hmm. cancers. In fact, we were fortunate enough here on the show to talk to Karen Brooks, who's a 13-year cancer survivor. Uh, that was on the December 23rd show in 2013. And she discussed how diet was one of the most important and easy-to-modify pieces of her success in battling cancer when they gave her only three months to live. Now, I know you wrote about this diet gene health inter- uh, in interventions, what are some of the implications you noticed around cancer? I think it's huge. You know, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, as we've uh, increased our, our uh, consumption of um, processed foods and particularly these very refined carbohydrates, we've seen this direct increase in cancer, like breast, breast cancer, for example, you know, and, and I think it's not just the um, uh, uh, refined carbohydrates, but also the lack of of uh, good minerals, things like iodine and things, they've all ha- had a tremendous effect in making us more more prone to cancer. And probably even the um, the food and, and the the diet and the exposure of of our of our parents. And for women, for, in terms of breast cancer, cancer, particularly their mothers. There was actually, there's actually one of the studies. Uh, obviously, there's so much in the book, so many different studies that now support this theory. But one of them was particularly interesting. They took a mother rat, and they exposed the mother to uh, a common fungicide that's, that's, in, our, that's in our food called um, vinclozolin, and then they looked at the health of the, of the offspring, and particularly they were looking at the male offsprings to see the rate of, of tumors and uh, prostate tumors, kidney tumors, testes tumors, and a deficiency in the immune system. And, you know, as you might expect, when you 
expose a pregnant uh, mother to toxins, then the, the propensity for these tumors, you know, went up in her offspring. But the thing that's absolutely frightening is that the propensity for cancer, for, for, for prostate cancers and these other types of tumors, was actually greater in the second, third, and fourth generations than it was in the first generation. So, mm-hmm. so you know, we started using chemicals on our food, pesticides and herbicides and synthetic fertilizers in mass, you know, right after World War II. And if you do the math, you know, that's like three full three full generations you know, since we introduced these things, and now we're having this, you know, kind of a, a exponential increase in cancers. So, so we've got to, you know, uh, eat clean food. That's why organic is important. You know, there's this always ongoing argument, is it really worth the cost? You know, but, um, you know, what's, what's the cost of food compared to the cost of getting cancer? So we can, so cancer specifically, you know, we want to avoid foods that have, uh, toxins in them, pesticides, herbicides, and, and uh, artificial fertilizers, and we want to um, increase, because those will turn those bad genes on, and then we want to increase the nutrient-dense foods that are full of vitamins and minerals and all these wonderful phytochemicals, because we know now that those will turn the protective genes on. So there's so much we can do, and in terms of uh, of cancer, you know, anybody that's not addressing diet along with whatever other type of therapy that they're doing is really, you know, doing themselves a tremendous injustice. It's so, so important. Well, regardless of your current health status, you can reset your genes for health, healing, and longevity. I can't even talk today all of a sudden. Greg Graham, lead author of Pottinger's Prophecy, How Food Resets Genes for Wellness and Illness is giving us some great information about what's happening in this science called epigenetics. Find more information at pottingersprophecy.com or nutritionaltherapy.com. You can enter to win properly prepared health-promoting products for free from Living Nuts by entering this month's exciting giveaway. Sign up to win at therightnutritionplan.com. Just look for the quick link to giveaways on the right-hand side. We'll be back to continue with this fascinating science topic with Gray Graham. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Cleanse and detoxify your body. 28 Days to Better Health. Using nutrient-dense whole foods is the hot new book written by Kelly Hill. We're inundated daily with toxic compounds in our food, water, air, even our own metabolic process. In this new book, Kelly leads us on that 28-day journey to better health using real, natural food. Experience with over 60 recipes to choose from. This is a cleanse that won't leave you bored. And while your taste buds are happy, you'll benefit from increased energy levels, an improved digestive system, a decrease in food sensitivities and cravings, minimizing aches, pains, and allergies. Begin your 28-day journey to better health and nutrition today by ordering your copy of Cleanse and Detoxify Your Body at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. Rightplannutrition.com slash book. Here is your opportunity to create a vibrant new you. Join international radio talk show host Kelly Hill and women's natural health coach Michelle Greenman at the Vibrant New You Retreat. This retreat will empower you to make the changes you've been searching for 
and help lay in the foundation for living the life you want to live, the vibrant you. Located at the beautiful Ashland Springs Resort in Ashland, Oregon, this retreat will help you create a vibrant life by first constructing your perfect plan and setting your vision and creating accountability for yourself. Kelly and Michelle will help you conquer negative self-talk, find positive motivation, and teach you how to create more vibrancy in your life. The Lithia Ashland Springs Resort offers its guests free breakfast each morning, natural mineral waters with soaking tubs, and so much more. For more information about the Vibrant New You Retreat, visit therightnutritionplan.com slash retreat. This wonderful opportunity is only offered to a limited number of people. So visit therightnutritionplan.com slash retreat to reserve your seat today. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. Have a question for Kelly? You can email her at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Now back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. We continue our discussion about how to reset your genes by activating health genes to promote a longer, healthier life with Gray Graham, lead author of Pottinger's Prophecy, How to Reset your genes for wellness or illness, and founder of the Nutritional Therapy Association. Find more information at Pottinger's Prophecy or nutritionaltherapy.com. So not surprisingly, fats have been a reoccurring topic on Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. We delve further into fats on January 6th with Dr. Udo Erasmus and January 13th with Caroline Berenger. From your research, Gray, what is the proper ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 fats? Well, I think if we if we take a look at um, at our Paleolithic ancestors, what we know is that there was a fairly significant variation in the amount and variety of fats that people ate, but it was within a certain parameter. So our ancestors ate omega sixes to omega threes at a ratio of from one to one to one to four. So in other words, so that would be a one omega three to to four omega sixes. But but none of our ancestors, you know, consumed more than than uh, a four to a four to one ratio of omega sixes over omega threes. And so unfortunately, what's happened today is that because they're so cheap and so abundant, and they're in almost all processed foods, the average American consumption of omega sixes is uh, twenty to twenty five omega-6s to one omega-3, and that's really disastrous. There's a number of studies that we talk about in the book that were done with these imbalanced um, uh, uh, omega-3, omega-6 ratios, and they were actually able to to demonstrate the the genetic changes or the epigenetic changes that that were a result of this. And so it's kind of a we have this thing we do in our culture, Kelly, I'm sure you, you see it too, is that we always make everything kind of good or bad, you know. So in the, in the 70s, as a result of, you know, I think what could only be considered a misinterpreted study, we got on this whole low-fat kick, mm-hmm. and particularly, you know, denigrating saturated fats. And uh, the results of that really have been catastrophic because people people went on low fat diets. I mean, people were proud that they ate no fat. I re- actually, at a, at my I was over at my uh, wife's aunt, and and she cooked us a meal. And she knew I was into nutrition, so she bragged. She said, "You're going to be really proud of me. You know, this meal has absolutely no fat in it. I have to cook every single <laughs> thing with with no fat food. You know, and I just oh gosh, you know, I just wanted to." 
you know, tell her it's difficult. She so believed, you know, that fat was the evil thing that was making everybody sick. But it's really just the opposite, that what we, we, we need to avoid bad fats. But the bad fats aren't so much the saturated fats that have been demonized, but they're these very highly processed vegetable oils, you know, which are predominantly omega-6. Yeah. So we not only get too many of them, but they're, but they're very, very low quality. They're often uh, over-processed and, then, and oxidized, and then the worst uh, thing that you could possibly to, do to them is hydrogenated, which you know creates those what we all now recognize as the really bad fats, which are the trans fats. So, yeah, the, and that we the, we have hit that um, again and so, again on this show because it's yeah, such a critical piece. One part of your book discusses some very compelling evidence that the relaxation response elicits, elicits changes in gene expression. Can you give us a little overview of this research? Yeah, sure. Well, um, well, we know that in, a, in relating back specifically to cancer, is that is if you modified the diet and then you also, you know, included a moderate exercise and then you also included meditation, and um, and then uh, a lot, another component too is social interaction. That each one of those things uh, made a change in genetic expression. So they actually they actually measured the cancerous markers, genetic markers, and they, they by doing this kind of a, 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 a multiple therapy, they were actually able to re, re, uh, reverse uh, pro, slow-moving prostate cancers. So uh, that was a study that was done. It's called the Geminal Study. And I don't even agree with, um, in my opinion, the dietary component of that was not what had the biggest effect because, unfortunately, um, Dr. Ornish, who was the lead scientist, the, doc, the lead doctor on that study, was a, is a low fatter, and so he he over eliminated fats. But he he was actually able to compensate by that by uh, helping people to you know uh, uh, relax, you know, get moderate exercise, and have appropriate interaction that also changed the genes. So it's it's multifaceted, you know, and. Um, and our lifestyle, if you can eat the best food in the world, but if you're constantly stressed out, it's not going to help you that much because you're not going to digest it properly and your, your immune system and your autonomic nervous system are not going to be able to you know, function in a way that you know, manifests good genetic expression, good epigenetics. So, well, and listeners, we, we had Dr. John Mason from the Stress Education Center on the show back January 27th. So if you need some help on learning how to deep breathe and relax, that's a great show. He gave us some great options for uh, how to do that you know, anywhere we are. If you're just joining us today on Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill, we're discussing the importance of choosing the right foods in order to activate our health genes with Greg Graham, lead author of Pottinger's Prophecy, How Food Resets Genes for Wellness or Illness. Find out more at pottingersprophecy.com. Remember, you can hear the show anywhere. That means you can listen while you're at the gym, driving around, before bed, anytime at all by downloading the free MP3 from iTunes or listen on my website, therightnutritionplan.com, where you can also enter to win this month's great giveaway a six-pack sampler of flavored nuts from Living Nuts. Enter by clicking the giveaway links on the right-hand side under Quick Links. Uh, Gray, one of the other things that we discussed as we were talking about balance on this show, I think it was January 20th, 
we, we included a segment on February 3rd about the importance of movement. How are our genes influenced by exercise? Mm-hmm. See, again, there's, there's another very, very important factor in our health is that in, in the book we actually talk about a study that um, implemented, um, you know, uh, exercise, and and when you when you when you do the right kind of exercise, it made positive epigenetic changes. But when you don't exercise at all, or equally important, when you over exercise, you actually uh, negate the, the benefits, and you and you and you activate, you know, the genes that lead to poor health. So <clears throat> it is a very important part of it. And, I really think that a lot of people really um, uh, are making mistakes either in not not exercising at all. I think everybody recognizes that we need movement in order to be healthy. And then, but lastly, uh, some people are over-exercising. They become compulsive about it, and they actually uh, denigrate their health by um, over-exercising. So probably, you know, I think there's a really good statistics that now show that people who do extreme exercise that actually sh- uh, shorten their lifespan. Well, so I can safely say I did that. So <laughs> you did? we okay. all make our mistakes. Hopefully, we right. we learn from them and improve, though. Right. Me too. So, the, so it's kind of a, the good news is that we don't have to exercise. Um, um, you know, for eight hours a, a week. You know, we we but we do need to get appropriate exercise. This, I'm sure you're aware of them too, Kelly. Some recent um, uh, studies that have come out that that. that it's, it's also people who who sit all day, even if they exercise, if they sit for eight hours at a desk, that that also denigrates their health and shortens their lifespan. And so it's really important, you know, to, to just have some movement. So if you have a desk job where you have to sit down, which fortunately I don't, but a lot of people do, at least every half an hour, you just want to get up and just, you know, walk across the room a couple times before you sit down again. And that just that little, you know, uh, uh, a change in your habits will help to uh, reset your genes for, for, better, for better health. And you, you will. You'll feel better. So it's really uh, important not to get static for long periods of time. Well, and if, if you as listeners need more information on that, both our January 20th and our February 3rd shows uh, covered simple, easy tips that you can do no matter what your lifestyle to get movement into your your world, because that, that's, as you're saying, Greg, that becomes the most popular, most important piece in the cycle. We can't say any one piece uh, is more important than the other. We've talked about a, a balancing situation, a, you know, a stool that must, every, every leg must be balanced in order to actually find health. That's right. I know sometimes as nutritionists, we focus on the nutritional aspect of it, and I think that's very appropriate. People need a lot of help with their nutrition, but, you know, it really is about all of those components, about about exercise and movement, about stress reduction, about having, you know, good relationships in your life, and about eating good, healthy, and whole food. And, you know, you can even tie those things together. You know, one, one thing, my, my co-authors uh, did uh, some really uh, wonderful uh, research on on uh, not just food, but how we eat. And they have some, in the book too, you can find some really good tips. You know, so you shouldn't, a couple of the mistakes that people make is you shouldn't eat alone. You know, you shouldn't do what's called uh, um, task snacking. You know, some people do, the, they, they've got a job to do, so they get a big bowl of chips or even healthy food and constantly eating while they're, while, while they're doing things. And we know, we know that when we eat, you know, if we eat with friends and family, 
that it's actually healthier than if we eat even good food, you know, uh, all isolated by ourselves or, you know, thinking about, um, you know, our day's problems. We need to kind of let that go and, uh, it's called mindful eating, you know, really enjoy and appreciate, appreciate our food. The, the, just the way we eat it will also make, you know, a, really a very significant difference and it'll make it so much more enjoyable too. Well, great suggestions that we can all incorporate right now. We have to take a short break. We've been talking with Gray Graham, lead author of Pottinger's Prophecy, How Food Resets Genes for Wellness or Illness, and founder of the Nutritional Therapy Association. You can get uh, more about, read more about eating to reset your genes for health at pottingersprophecy.com, where you can also pick up a copy of the book. You can learn more about nutritional therapy, which teaches the importance of properly prepared whole foods that are delicious, nourish our bodies, and restore good health at nutritionaltherapy.com. Catch this entire show as well as past episodes by downloading the free MP3 from iTunes or listening on my website, therightnutritionplan.com, or become a member at therightnutritionplan.com to receive nutrition coaching through weekly cooking videos, recipes, articles, forums, as well as Q&A support. We'll be right back. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Not only can you learn about new and fascinating nutritional products at therightnutritionplan.com, but you can win them too. Every month, The Right Plan features a nutritional or innovative product, like the ECO Lunchbox, pumpkin seed butter and pumpkin protein powder, fudge sauce from Wax Orchards, Zorba's handcrafted raw chocolates, coconut oil, and so much more. And every month, one lucky visitor will win the product to try themselves. It's easy to enter. Just visit therightnutritionplan.com slash giveaway. After you've entered the giveaway, check out some of Kelly's delicious recipes that not only will please your taste buds, but your waistline and health as well. At therightnutritionplan.com, you'll learn more about all the wonderful nutritious options that are available to you and your family. Remember, everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose in the right plan. RightNutritionPlan.com slash giveaway. Better than an apple a day? An online membership to the right plan. With an on-the-go lifestyle, it can be hard to make our nutrition a priority. Kelly Hill was there. That's why the Right Plan Nutrition online membership was formed. Over the years, Kelly's worked on solutions that can make health and nutrition decisions easier. Saving time and money. Find hundreds of fun, fast, exciting, healthy recipes for the family that everyone will love. A new recipe with video tutorial each month so you fully understand how to make what are sure to become your family's favorite foods. Great research on biased articles on nutrition. Encouragement through the success stories of others. Weekly support emails to help you continue reaching your goals and so much more. Membership has its benefits. And with the Right Play Nutrition Online Membership, the benefit is more time to spend with a healthier you and healthier family. Become a member today at therightnutritionplan.com slash membership. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and right plan. Rightnutritionplan.com Want energy all day? Ready to lose fat without feeling deprived? Tired of complicated weight loss programs? Wish there was a way to lose weight without processed and unnatural food? It's time to jumpstart your metabolism in a healthy way. The Kelly Hill way. 
This easy-to-follow two-week fat loss program has a 100% success rate to date. It creates and maintains overall health while reducing fat. You'll have more energy, think clearer, feel better, and have lost fat. All while following the two-week menu plan of simple recipes that use real, natural food and include healthy tips for every meal. The two-week fat loss program is a clear, easy-to-follow plan that will help anyone get back on the road to optimal health. Order the Right Plan Nutritional Counseling two-week fat loss program today at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. You can connect with the show by emailing Kelly at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Follow Kelly on Twitter at The Right Plan. Now back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. Today we've been talking about the emerging science of epigenetics, which explains how the foods we eat switch genes on or off and how that can lead either to wellness or illness, thanks to the help of Gray Graham, lead author of Pottinger's Prophecy, How Food Resets Genes for Wellness or Illness, and founder of the Nutritional Therapy Association. So let's see if we can find out the foods and nutrition secrets we need to live up to our own epigenetic health potential. So a great, let's get right to it. This is kind of some heavy information, and you know we want to make sure that we finish up with some helpful guidelines for Uh, listeners. In your book, you listed 10 green gene food guidelines. Uh, We probably don't have time to cover them all here. So I recommend listeners pick up the book, pottingersprophecy.com or on my website. But Gray, can you pick a couple that you think will start helping people make a difference right now in their health and explain those to us? Yes. I think the the number one uh, green gene guideline, if if you want to express your greatest genetic potential is to eat fresh, whole foods in its natural state as often as possible. So our, our, our ancient evolutionary diet, you know, gave us a very wide variety of foods that were, you know, often uh, either not processed at all or low processed. And so, you know, I think it's almost kind of a mis- mis- one, of the, one of the things people ask me is, say, well, about reading labels. And um, they, they always want to go, well, gosh, you know, what do you think about reading labels? I said, well, I think it's important to understand labels, but the most important thing is to mostly eat foods that don't have labels. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's, a, I think that's a, a big guideline. And the other thing I think that's really important is um, another one of the guidelines is to eat a wide variety of foods. Sometimes people get, you know, stuck on um, on. Um, on um, a few foods that can even be healthy, but they're not, they're not getting the variety. We need a whole array of different vitamins and micronutrients and minerals and micro minerals to be, to be healthy. So, um, so, and this um, is this is where we talk about eating a rainbow all the all the time, seeing a rainbow on our plate, correct? Right, right, right. Eating a lot of different colors in our, our fruits and vegetables, and even a you know variety in our in our proteins. You know, you want to fish is wonderful, but you don't want to overeat fish. You don't want to overeat uh, beef. You know, you don't want to overeat lamb. You want to really rotate those things, um, and um, of course, then that leads to the next uh, guideline is to select. Um, in terms of our proteins, organic, grass-fed, free-range, local, and sustainable foods whenever, whenever we can because, um, you know, the way that um, meat has, got, has been denigrated, you know, over the last 
uh, 20 or 30 years, but a lot of that, most of it, is really the result of the way we raise our our animals. So instead of uh, letting them, you know, re- respecting nature and letting cows, you know, eat grass, which is, you know, what what makes them healthy and and uh, expresses their genetics. You know, we now feed um, beef grains in these confined um, uh, feeding lot operations that, you know, produces meat that's really not healthy. And uh, getting back to the whole fatty acid uh, question, you know, it, it, it distorts the ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s even. So a good grass-fed beef can have a profile of polyunsaturated fat profile as healthy as salmon, as wild salmon. But likewise, if, if you consume farmed salmon, you know, it can have a fatty acid profile as, as, as unhealthy as, as um, you know, uh, uh, farmed beef, you know. So, so, so that's really important, too. So the, I think those three, three guidelines are kind of a, a great place to start. And... Um, well, and I've always said that if my only option was farmed food, then I probably would choose to be a vegetarian. But it's not our only option. And now yeah. worldwide, we can get this these great grass-fed, free-range meats. It's not just something that your local farmer, who we prefer, I buy from my local farmer, but right. we can, no matter where you are, you can now get these products. So it, I think people are becoming more aware of how important this is. It, uh, they just aren't necessarily taking that step. If we, if we demand you know, properly raised food, then, then the marketplace will respond. I remember uh, talking with a uh, Beef farmer, and he said, "Hey, you know, when people want want grass fed, free range, and are willing to ask for it and pay for it, you know, we'll we'll supply it." But you know, the the thing is, um, we all kind of grew up with this myth. I remember when I was a kid, you know, listening to beef council advertising, you know, talking about corn fed, get a nice piece of corn fed beef, and I thought, oh, that sounds delicious. You know, I want my my beef to be corn fed. Whereas now we realize that you know corn fed beef is not a good alternative. What we really want is grass fed beef. But I, th- right. I, I think it's kind of cool now. Even in more conventional restaurants, sometimes they'll actually have a grass fed free range option on on the beef and chicken. And you know if we if we demand it as consumers, and maybe we have to pay just a little bit more, but ultimately it's going to be a huge savings in terms of the health benefits. So. It sure is, and and we have certainly learned a lot today about the importance of choosing the right foods in order to reset our genes and maintain our optimal epigenetic health, thanks to Gray Graham, lead author of Pottinger's Prophecy, How Food Resets Genes for Wellness or Illness, and founder of the Nutritional Therapy Association. You can get to read more about eating to reset your genes for health with amazing blogs and all these green gene lists that he's just talking to us about at PottingersProphecy.com, where you can also pick up a copy of the book. I want to re- restate these three, the three top ones that we're hearing today. One, we're going to choose fresh, whole food in its most natural state. We're looking for food without labels, if we can. Two, choose a wide variety, that colorful array of food on our plates and uh, a variety of meats as well. And three, select organic, grass-fed, free-range, and sustainable whenever possible. You can learn more about nutrition therapy, which teaches these importance of properly prepared whole foods that are delicious, nourish our bodies, and restore good health at nutritionaltherapy.com. I want to thank you, 
uh, Gray, for joining us today and helping us better understand the importance of all these issues and which foods to incorporate into our lives to reset our genes for health. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me. We sure appreciate it. Uh, remember to take a look at PottingersProphecy.com, and you'll be able to find the book as well as some amazing blogs and great information there. You can receive similar nutrition tips each week for free by signing up the, at the TheRightNutritionPlan.com. Don't forget to enter this month's exciting giveaway from Living Nuts, that six-pack sampler of properly prepared flavored nuts. Sign up to win at therightnutritionplan.com. Just look on the quick link to giveaways on the right-hand side. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, download the MP3 for free at iTunes or listen on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. And join me every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Because as you've heard today, when you eat well, you do live well. See you next week. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Live Well to Eat Well with Kelly Hill. You can listen to the program live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Everything you eat has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. 